I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, everyone. It's Daria Rose, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Rudiger, who has already actually lost quite a bit of weight. He has lost 120 pounds, although he did it with very, very intense, extreme dieting, like shockingly intense dieting. But he's getting ready to switch over to maintenance. He's close to his goal weight, and he wants to adopt a lifestyle that's a little bit more sustainable. He obviously does not want to gain his weight back, but he's worried about how to go about this. He's never really done this before because before he was doing really strict dieting, he was eating just pure junk food. So he doesn't have sort of a middle ground where he's eating healthy and eating real food. He's only ever eaten really terribly or really strictly. So he has a few issues that we tackle in this episode. A big one is that because of his propensity for eating junk food for most of his life, he has a very limited palate. So he's concerned that he doesn't like very many vegetables and that that's going to be really difficult for him. So we talk about how he can approach that and make it a little bit less intimidating on that front. Another big issue for him is how to balance his nutrition. He's worried that he doesn't have a lot of balance in the way he eats. And so we, we address how to approach that. And finally, he's very concerned with how feasible all this is. He's not a fan of cooking. He doesn't really want to be bothered with the whole business. And so we call it, we end up calling it the doability, the feasibility of this method and how he can integrate it in his life without making it seem way too difficult. So we go through a lot. We discuss a lot of the assumptions that he's making or limiting beliefs that he's making, and we address the mindset that he brings to this problem. And he's very logical, very scientific. And so we talk about how we can he can go about, despite these limitations, continuing to make progress toward his goal, starting with small steps and building up from there. So a lot in here. I think if any of you have issues with picky eating, you, or you have, don't have a lot of experience with eating vegetables, eating real food, cooking for yourself, this is a really good episode for you because it'll, it'll give you a sense of how to start. I think one of the things that holds a lot of people back is this idea that you have to sort of go from you know, eating processed food, fast food, to eating like Daria, you know, eating, eating at the farmer's market, cooking for yourself. And that is not how it works. That's not how I did it. And it's not, it's definitely not how you're going to do it. So uh, Rudiger's story should help you get a better sense of how to go about tackling it and, and not feeling guilty for not being perfect from day one. You know, just starting from the beginning, putting one foot in front of the other is far better than doing nothing and just sitting still and, you know, putting your head in the ground, essentially ignoring the problem. So, so this is a great episode and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Rudiger, welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. You, I, I just learned, um, it is very, very early in the morning for where you are right now. It's, what, can you tell us where you are and what yeah, time yeah. it is? So, so I'm, in, I'm in Brisbane, Australia, and it's, uh, it's 4 a.m. here. But that's totally normal for me because uh, I work for an international company, so I'm really used to doing conference calls at all kinds of strange hours at the of our night. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you're a stronger person than me. Uh, it's, it's about 2 p.m. here. So um, I think we're in very different sort of parts of our day. But I'm really excited to talk to you because you have, you're in a very interesting place in your health style. And you, you emailed me about some coaching, but you've already also had a tremendous amount of success. So why don't you give us a little background about what you've been through? Okay, so uh, I have been overweight, significantly overweight for for practically my entire life. I was that I was that fat nerdy kid who got you know teased relentlessly at at school. Um, I've been and you know over in my adult life, uh, you know I've I've been 
obese uh, for for really all of it. And uh, about 18, nearly 18 months ago now, I, I kind of became very unhappy with where I was at, and I wanted to um, I wanted to to make some changes to my life. And now, fortunately for me, I've got a lot of willpower, and I know this is something that you talk about <laughs> a lot. Um, and I was able to bring that willpower to bear to, to make some really big changes. So 1st of January 2015, I decided that was it. I was going to, to make an all-out effort to, uh, to get my weight under control. And, and what, so, was, how, what was your max weight at that point? Just out of curiosity. Okay, so, yeah, so that was 142 kilograms, which uh, I'm not sure what that is in, in pounds. Uh, let me just do a quick... Close to 300. Conversion here, something it'd be something like that, right? So okay. let's let's say close to three hundred pounds. Okay. And uh, so I started. I figured that. Well, I, I did a kind of bit of introspection and figured out what was it that had got me to that point. And there were two things. So number one, I mean, on the on the output side, I mean, there's. I was never sporty. I'm not even interested in watching it. I'm not interested in hearing about it. So, uh, you know, there really was no, there was no form of physical activity that really uh, appealed to me. And so I, I led this completely sedentary lifestyle. All my, my work was sedentary. All my hobbies were sedentary. So I knew I had to boost output. And so I started going to the gym. I would get up at three in the morning, every morning, seven days a week. Wow. Uh, and, Oh, head out to normal. a right. So this is this is the thing, right? So I've got a lot of I've got a lot of drive and willpower. So I was able to harness that, embark on this really uh, aggressive gym program, uh, and the of course the other side of the equation was the input. And so I drastically reduced that. I dialed that down to uh, to starvation level, uh, and so I was I was only consuming like in the range of a few hundred calories a day. Oh my gosh. At yeah. your size so, too, you to you must have been exhausted. Right, so it was constant constant exhaustion um, and so then but the but the weight peeled off really easily and I, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. Right. Wow. And so and so kind of by early this year, uh, I you know, I've lost 58 kilos, so 120 pounds roughly. And uh, but you know, all along, I knew that uh, the the challenge was going to be. I mean, I can I can keep doing that. Like I've got the the willpower to continue to uh, to you know uh, take off these pounds, but it's not the it's not sustainable. Like that's not that's not a way to live long term. And it was only ever designed that program was only ever designed to get me from where I was uh, to kind of a a normal healthy uh, sort of body weight. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that the next stage was going to have to be to figure out the transition and the uh, and the maintenance and you know, how to how to stay how to stay where I got and um, and so that's that's why we're talking because I don't know how to do that next piece. Right, because um, you've only you only know one thing: either being sedentary and overeating, or being active seven well, days a week and not eating. Yeah. Yeah, well, the active part, the good part there was, and I guess this is interesting to me because, or I guess your your work's interesting to me because it's I see parallels with the the input and the output side because what I did was I I also knew that you know, I wasn't enjoying the gym. It's not something I liked doing. Uh, I could force myself to do it and I could keep at it, but I knew that I was going to need to find. I knew I was going to have to explore different physical activities, find things that I like to do and that I would keep doing anyway. And so... You knew that from the very beginning? Uh, yeah, I knew that. Okay. It was always part of the plan that I needed to to replace kind of the the regimented do this because I have to activities with activities that I actually genuinely enjoyed. And so... That's impressive. I've tried, I've tried a lot of different things and I found I love Zumba. <laughs> so I have, you know, I, I go to a, at least one Zumba class a week. Uh, because I love it. That's awesome. And, and I took up, I took up sort of middle distance kind of running. So, uh, so you know, I joined the park run movement. That's really big here in Australia and the UK. I think there's a few of them in the US. But you know, it's it's a it's a five kilometer or you know three mile run every Saturday morning in a kind of very social 
environment. And I did started doing some fun runs as well, so moving it from five kilometers to ten kilometers. And a couple of weeks ago, I ran my first half marathon. Wow! So, uh, so running has really uh, been become important. Cycling, uh, I took up riding a bike to work to replace my train commute, and that sort of went from because and a year ago I had literally never sat on a bicycle before. It was not something I'd learned as a child. Oh my um, gosh! So I went from uh, I've never sat on a bicycle before to by October I rode my first century ride, so 100 wow. kilometers or 62 miles, and then. Last weekend, I rode my first, as we call it, imperial century, so 100 miles, so 100, 160, 160 kilometers, and it was a seven-hour bike ride, and I love cycling. So, um, <laughs> Wow. So you really have done a, a huge change in your approach to being active. Right, and so I ditched the gym. And so I ditched the, the doing something that I had to do just to you know get myself active to finding you know, three things that give me give me real joy and that I want to do and that I would do anyway. I don't have to force myself to I don't have to force myself to go cycling. So, <laughs> so you're you're handled in the exercise department. You don't need me at all. No. <laughs> in a in a word. That's fantastic. Good job. The other challenge is that I want to keep exploring. Like there's probably other things that I'd enjoy doing that I haven't tried. So I also have never been able to swim, so I've started. I've just started trying to figure figure out how to do that. So, um, but without much success yet. But I, I will, and I'm not enjoying it. But I'll continue. <laughs> so I'll continue playing with it until I'm at a level of competence where I know that okay, this is just not for me. Or actually, yeah, I quite like this now. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's actually a really very smart insight that you just said. And I, I don't want to gloss over it too fast because I think a lot of people could benefit from understanding this point, which is that the first time you do something with your body, if you've never done it before, it's going to feel totally awkward. <laughs> and um, and yeah. you have to sort of be persistent and realize that until it doesn't feel awkward, you don't know if you like it. Exactly. And so that was really, that's a really, um, it's a really good open-minded approach to finding things you enjoy because especially somebody who's never been fit before, never really been active, you're not going to like pretty much anything when you first start. But if you have the attitude that, you know, that's because I this is new to me and I'm just going to play around until I feel like I'm good enough at it to say for sure if I like it or not and and then make the decision. That's really, really key. Good job. Thank you. That brings me to the input stage because I think the challenge there is kind of the same. It's that I feel I've got the willpower to to uh, restrict, even even savagely restrict, pretty much indefinitely. I can do that. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> right. That's not fun. <laughs> well, it's not fun, and I also don't think it's a good idea because I'm sure that you know. Oh, I know that what I how I eat now is absolutely not balanced and not nutritious and okay. in, then in, in thinking about in thinking about food you know I realize that there are there are three 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 key things and what I like about your approach is that it aligns quite nicely with uh, what what I've kind of intuitively thought anyway which was that to eat well you have to eat the things that I mean you have to find the things that you're going to enjoy eating and because otherwise you're not going to do it. Like you, uh, you know, you then are restricted to, you know, to that kind of, I'm eating this because I have to, whether I like it or not. So I want to find food that's appealing and I want to find food that's nutritious. Mm -hmm. And I want, and the third, I guess the third element is I want to find food that's, and I, I use the word accessible when I think about this because accessible to me captures a number of parameters. Like there's an element of convenience. Like if it's something, if it's, even if it's something that's nutritious and that I like, but it's going to take, you know, forever to prepare or require, you know, ingredients that, you know, are difficult to find or uh, that I wouldn't normally have access to, then I'm, again, I'm just not going to eat it. Yeah, you need, it needs to be doable. Just like, it needs to be doable, yes. So maybe <laughs> doable is a better word there. Um, I 100% agree, by the way. If it's not doable, it's not doable. Yeah, exactly. So all the best intentions go right out the the window. So 
then yeah, I've been trying to think about how how to make that first kind of step because I could easily draw up a list of I guess nutritious real foods that uh, that w- that appeal to me and I'd like to eat, but that's not necessarily even going to get me to a, a healthy kind of balanced place. I mean, so for example, you know, I I love natural yogurt. I I love practically every every fruit on the planet. And but uh, you know a diet that consists, or you know a, a daily intake that in, that consists entirely of yogurt and fruit is not a balanced diet. <laughs> right. So I've got to find other things, and and it's a question of how do I add other things to the mix that are going to still get me balanced, you know, without drawing up big spreadsheets of of macronutrients and making sure. Oh well, you know I've got a you know I've got a I've got to build a you know a, a very diet style meal plan because I I could totally do that as well, but I don't. Is is that the way, or is this is there a better alternative, or yeah, how do you how do you build up that daily uh, balanced diet? So you're starting from a place where you're eating pretty strictly, correct? Very, yep. Very. And you're not entirely. So you have a model in your mind that's sort of like your exercise model, which is, you know, you started at the gym, but then you started doing things that you liked, sort of one at a time. And you found the ones that you liked, and and now you do them, and it's effortless to some extent for you to maintain yeah. those habits. Um, and you're curious how to do that with food, and it's somewhat overwhelming. It sounds like because there's so many more foods than there are exercises. Is that the, is that the concern? Where's the um? Yes, yeah, so that's that's part of it. But I think the other part is like I, like I said. I mean, with exercise, you don't re well. To a large extent, or for, for someone like me, I don't need to worry about balancing my exercise. I guess if I were a bodybuilder, I'd, I'd be worrying about, oh, okay, well, now I've got to do legs, and now I've got to do arms, and now I've got to do torso. But for me, it's it's not about that. Like, I'm not trying to create a specific body shape. But for for food, it's like I could identify real foods that I enjoy and that I have easy access to, but I'm worried that uh, I'm worried about getting the balance right. I see. The, so the balance yeah. is what's really the conundrum because you don't know what that looks like right now. Right. And you don't know how to, even if you did know what it looks like, you don't know how to like create it for your, in your, in your life. And you're worried exactly. it's hard yep. somehow. Yep. Yep. I, that's, I think that's it exactly. Cool. Um, so can you give me a little overview of what exactly you're eating now? <laughs> uh, so for breakfast, I have a, a small a small package of uh, a small tinned fruit for breakfast. So at about a hundred calories. <laughs> Those little like chop up with like in like a syrup. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then for lunch, I have a I have a small microwave packet of brown rice for about two hundred calories. And then for um, sort of in the mid afternoon, I guess an early dinner. Um, I have a packet of Nestle OptiFast, so it's a it's a shake uh, for about another 200 calories. So that's about 500 calories for the day. That's it. That's it. Oh my gosh! And you're cycling seven hour rides. Okay, so when I do it, when I do a a big ride like that, I am actually I'm actually eating a quote unquote you know normal meal or two before. So I'll, usually I'll have a you know for dinner before that I might have a big pasta meal, but okay. probably there'd be there might be a the dinner before and there, there would be some then there would be snacks along the way. So for yeah, so for those long kind of events or you know preparing for the half marathon, uh, yeah, I would be breaking plan, but quite deliberately and right. just for for a couple of meals and then go straight back onto the strict restriction. Which I can do. I can make those transitions. Your willpower is incredible. Like you said it was strong and mine is strong, but that is incredible. So it's my asset. Like it's my secret weapon. It's what's yeah. made this this possible. But yeah, I'm also I'm also conscious that it is it is a finite resource. So right. it even even yeah. it will run out sometime. That's not the that's not the worry for me. The worry is really getting this transition right. Cool. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So um you need to transition to eating. Yes. <laughs> I, could, I could see why you want that. So before you went on to your very strict eating regimen, what mm-hmm. were you eating then? Lots and lots of convenience food, right? So I'm, 
I know that my palate gravitates as I like sweet things. I like uh, fatty foods. So, and you know, I work in a, I work in, in sort of a, the middle of the, of the city and have easy access to, to a lot of, a lot of junk. So I'd be eating a lot of fast food. I'd be eating, yeah, just basically anything, <laughs> anything that took my fancy. So uh, there'd be a lot so of just like food, you would just go food. to a place and get a burger or a sandwich or yep. something like that. So that. Yeah. So burgers, burgers were pretty much uh, burgers or pizza. Uh, these are, you know, staple, staple foods during the day. Yeah. So a lot of really, really high calorie mm-hmm. uh, intake. Wow. Okay. So, wow, you made such a crazy change and it's amazing that you have been able to do all this. I mean pat yourself on the back just out of (laughs) sheer incredible feats i mean that's just really uh, impressive um but yeah i definitely uh completely agree that um some balance would be really really helpful for you especially given how much you're exercising i mean i think if you when you start eating and you really start eating nutritious food I'm like so excited for you about how much better your life is going to get <laughs> because um, because even people who uh, aren't, you know, doing the kind of exercise you're doing, they feel really, really much better when they're getting all the nutrients their body needs, uh, just their energy levels, their, their everything. Just it, it just makes everything, your brain works better, you're more clear, just your skin starts to glow. Just everything feels better when you're nourished. And when you're actually draining your body through, um, you're doing some pretty, pretty intensive exercises, you need that even more. So yeah, this is absolutely the right time for you to, to start working on this. And it, and it sounds like you just don't know where to start. Is that true? Yeah, I'm really, yeah, that is true. I'm kind of paralyzed. I mean, the only, the only thing I've been able to come up with is, you know, is I would, so if I had to solve this myself, I'd be, I'd be drawing up, uh, I'd be drawing up spreadsheets, mm-hmm. and I'd be kind of doing this kind of very trial and error kind of uh, approach of just finding finding anything that I enjoyed eating, whacking it into a spreadsheet, trying to uh, trying to figure out, you know, trying to analyze it that way, and uh, and then build up mm-hmm. design plans around it. And but it's kind of still it's still very very structured and very artificial and I mean and maybe you're going to tell me that's the best thing to do uh, and if so okay I know how to do that <laughs> but if there's yeah if there's kind of a more organic or more kind of holistic approach or or should, I don't even know like should I start by by just focus on on one thing a day like oh, all right so so breakfast are no longer going to be just just a, a small tin of diced fruit it's going to be uh it's going to be a real fruit or it's going to be there you go a small or a small cup of of yogurt uh, or, or whatever and i i guess in con in in similarity to some of your your earlier some of your other callers who have listened to on the podcast uh i am also worried about going over i am worried if i start to kind of if i start to if I'm not eating off a spreadsheet, and who wants to do that forever, right? But if I'm not eating off a spreadsheet, that uh, that I also won't be in control of the the input side of the equation. Sure. So there's a slight fear that you could do this wrong and undo yep. all of your work. Um, yeah, that's understandable because you don't really know the middle ground yet. It's it's a it's an yeah that's a good way place. of putting it actually yeah it's a good way because I I can I know what the I know what the extremes of the spectrum look like. But yeah, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this in the in the middle. Do you know how does what is your experience? Do you had do you have many much experience with cooking? Uh, very little, and I don't enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> I have to say, well, that's not true. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy cooking festive foods. Like you know, for our, our my family is Austrian, and so for a for our for Christmas dinner, you know, I enjoy I I really love cooking our our festive our festive Christmas dinner. But that's like a big project. Yeah, like I, I love the big production number and okay. I love cooking that for like day-to-day things. Like to, to put it frankly, to, to, even, to even boil an egg feels like an, like, feels like an unwarranted effort to me. 
Um, That's like the least efficient way to make eggs. <laughs> sure. Well, right. To boil, or, or, to, or to grill a steak or, you know, anything that actually involves, you know, multiple steps or multiple utensils that are now, now you also have to wash them up. Um, you know, the, uh, so actually, yeah, food preparation is, is that the closer I can get to, the closer I can get to, to either a raw food or something I can just eat out of a straight out of a packet, mm-hmm. um, the happier, the happier I am. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like you have some, um, familiarity with sort of my philosophy on nutrition and balance, um, from reading summer tomato. Is that, is that true? Yeah. That's true. That's that's what made me interested to get in touch with you. Yeah. Cool. So you know that for me, um, basically the only thing that I use to define what healthy eating is is if it's a real food. Yep. And what I mean by real food is food that has been relatively unprocessed, which means you can – it looks like it's come out of the earth in some way, either from the mm-hmm. ground or from an animal or from the ocean or from the sky, and is relatively – still in that natural form right? Um, in some way. Uh, the next step that, so that's the, that's like what is healthy, what's not healthy. I like, I generally mm-hmm. say if it's a real food, you're like in the green light zone. Like you really don't have to worry much after that. Um, the mm-hmm. foods that are more processed are, I, you know, I call them like special occasion foods or sometimes foods. Like I don't make them a habit or I try not to make them a, a habit that's too frequent, but they're allowed. It's not like it's, it's, they're not allowed. It's just I keep in mind like I keep in mind that I want my main core habits to be centered around real food. Right. Um, so that's sort of step one in terms of how to approach what to decide to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing is what you were uh, talking about is balance. Um, and to me, balance means a couple of things. First, there's just like what an individual meal looks like. So yeah. uh, I don't know if you've seen on my website or in my book, I have something called the foodist plate. Uh, I'm not sure if I, if I have, I'm not sure I remember it. Okay, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes for anybody who's listening. Um, but basically I based it, I, I wanted to basically solve this problem for people who were reading my book, Foodist. And what I did was I... You know, it's funny. I think I worked on this actually before the USDA changed from the pyramid to the plate. Um, but but since then, they have changed to a plate as well. So it's it's a pretty familiar image at this point. But it's a picture of a plate. I don't. Mine looks a little different from the from the U.S. government's version. Um, but basically, fifty percent of it is plants, vegetables, essentially mm-hmm. green, red, brown orange, whatever color of your vegetables are. And then the other half of the plate, a quarter of it is something more protein rich, whether that's meat, fish, or beans, if you're vegetarian, or eggs, or yogurt, or cottage cheese, or whatever. Um, And then the other portion is some sort of intact whole food that's a little more starchy, like a grain. Um, It could also be a bean or, you know, potato, something like that. And that's a fairly good template to base a meal around okay it doesn't need to be separate like that like sometimes i'll take for instance for lunch sometimes i i'll have like a a bunch of beans that i made earlier in the week and i'll just cut up a bunch of veggies like carrots cucumber radish tomatoes celery whatever throw it in there Mm -hmm. you know mix it with some vinaigrette and a scoop something like that, and then just eat that. You know, it's kind of the same idea. Right. You know, maybe put an egg on it, like a fry an egg and put it on it. It doesn't have to be fancy. But, um, you know, it, it can, you can, th- that's a very flexible template. But basically the idea is a lot of vegetables and then enough protein, starch, and fat to keep you from being hungry. Okay. And then the other part of balance is, in general, I recommend people as much as possible, eat as many different types of food as possible. So rather than eating broccoli every single day, get broccoli, then get cabbage, then get collard greens, then get kale, then get lettuce, then get something else, you know, and just keep keep mixing it up. Um, same thing with proteins, same thing with grains, same thing with beans, because they're all a little different. You know, they all have okay. slightly different nutrient profiles. So the variety is also an important component. Um, but for you... You're starting at like zero. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's like kind of imagine I'm from Mars, and you're you're going to tell me how people eat, right? <laughs> and uh, and so it's like, okay, well, show, how do how do people eat? And I guess one of the things that, as I was listening to you just before, I was I was thinking, oh, okay, but so for the it kind of shows up part of the problem here because as when I'm thinking about nutritious and appealing food, I mean, I think I could probably list on the fingers of one hand the number of you know the the vegetables that I find. Now palatable at all. So I, I I like raw carrot. I like uh, I like some some varieties of of bean and peas. And if we're talking about foods in their natural state, I think that's probably close to the end of it. Okay. As far as yeah, but just about any fruit on the planet. But yeah, there's there's three vegetables, and nothing else is coming quickly to mind. Okay, um, that's yeah. actually really common. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of the same. I think you made a really good analogy earlier about comparing your food to your exercise routines. Mm-hmm. You know, often people with very limited experience with new things don't like them yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, one is just you don't like things that aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we tend to prefer things that are more familiar to us and what's familiar to you is primarily processed foods so right now that's your so right now that's your comfort zone um Mm -hmm. and and it's going to take some time for you to expand that but it it is malleable it is something that can grow over time um your preferences for different things that's one thing another thing is that i don't know where you do grocery shopping just uh, usually, usually at the we we live across the road from a supermarket, so so typically there. Typically, just the the regular supermarket. Yeah. One of the things that one of the reasons I stopped shopping at supermarkets is because mm-hmm. I have found that basically they primarily stock industrial produce. You know, industrial. Yep grown from big farms that are the, you know, and it's the produce that looks exactly the same all year round. You know, you can find a tomato in January, you can find asparagus in October, you know, just stuff that makes absolutely no sense from a seasonal perspective because they're shipping it from all over the world. They're breeding it to, you know, withstand long shelf life. And that, the thing that tends to get sacrificed in that model is flavor. Mm -hmm. And so... It's not surprising that people don't like vegetables if the main vegetables they eat are from the grocery store. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> so that is a, something to keep in mind. Um, I have found that it's it's far more worth it for me, um, and I understand that my situation is unique and, and not everybody can do this. But um, I go out of my way to find dedicated produce markets or farmer's markets or places where they – care more about seasonality mm-hmm. um, because when plants are in season, they taste different than when they're not. And when they're okay. bred for flavor, um, they taste different. So have you ever had an experience where you've had just like, I feel like a tomato is a great example, which is why I named my son, my website, Summer sure. Tomato. Um, the difference between like a really ripe homegrown tomato in the middle of summer versus the grocery store tomato in January. I, I, I don't like tomatoes at all. At all, um, but <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I I like them. I like them processed into into sauces on like into a pizza sauce or something. But how about a fruit? How about like a strawberry from a garden? Have you ever had a strawberry from a garden? I have. Yeah. Uh, look, I, and I, I've got to be honest. I I don't know that I, I don't know that I perceive much much difference. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of a food right. I mean. One food that I will say I've perceived a difference between a like a, a home home reared uh, version versus what's in the supermarket eggs. I'm very I'm I can easily see the difference in eggs mm-hmm. uh, that an egg from uh, a chicken in somebody's backyard is is a very different prospect from what comes out out in the supermarket. So that one I'll I'll give you. I can't immediately think of a a difference with fruit and vegetable that I've ever encountered. Hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, no, no. Uh, I'll I'll say my yeah. Uh, I've experienced that with with beetroot. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be that would be one example. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just, I wanted to bring that up because it's just something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, sure. That like, when you think about like, oh, I don't like broccoli or, oh, I don't like tomatoes. It, there's a chance that it's just, you don't like the ones you've had and that there are different right. ones that taste yep. better. But even that for you and your next steps, even that's a little advanced. I just wanted to bring those, I just wanted to bring up that and the comfort thing to just remind you that similar to the exercise, the, that you will, it's, if you decide that you want to eat this way, you can learn to like things and it doesn't happen overnight, but you can just try. And so, yeah, my next, my next, the next thing I was going to say is you just need to start. Okay. You know, uh, I would just pick one real food at a time, you know, kind of like you were, Mm -hmm. you suggested, you know, just, I mean, there's, you, you're in a place where any addition of real food is a step in the right direction. Okay. So there's no reason that you don't, you need to go crazy, right? Like, you know, I don't need you like in the kitchen, like Kung Fuing up a stir fry, (laughs) you know what I mean? Every single night right off the bat, like maybe go to the, like you said, maybe go to the grocery store and just get some yogurt and some fruit and like replace your little fruit cup with some yogurt and some fruit in the morning. Okay. It's a great place to start. Maybe next week you can try adding something to your beans, you know, cut up some, you said you like raw carrots, maybe cut up some carrots in there, maybe put a little oil and vinegar and salt or something on there. Okay. And because Basically, at this point, in your at your stage, like balance is is important, but it's not as important as just starting to add more real okay. foods. I guess one of the questions in the back of my mind is has been like you, you said that that you you can learn to like things. Um, I've been wondering about that, like wondering whether uh, my preferences my preferences how likely it is that my preferences might change uh, through habituation. At this, because I'm I'm 44 now, uh, I just wonder how malleable those those preferences are at very, many different points in your life. They're yeah? very very malleable. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me just give you an example. Because actually, I, this is a, a common barrier for a lot of people. Um, they're just like, you know, I only like four vegetables. Like I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. When I first started, this was years ago. Um, gosh, 2006, something like that. Maybe 10 years ago. When I first started, when I discovered the farmer's market, I automatically liked the things that I already liked better, you know, like tomatoes okay. were, my, yep. were my quintessential, like these tomatoes are unreal compared to anything I'd had before, but I already liked tomatoes. Um, but I learned to like, and this is a long list, so yeah. don't hold your breath, um, okay. cucumbers, eggplant, avocado, cilantro, beets. Brussels sprouts, asparagus. I mean, it was so crazy. Like I just, and at some point I just was like, oh, I get it. I like, I can like everything. Like at some point I I like, it happened enough times that I, and and at this point in my life, I like, um, I'm still doing this by the way. I've I've trained myself to like really weird exotic things. Like I knew for instance, that oily fish was like good and healthy. But to me, I was like, oh, that's fishy. Like I don't want to smells weird. Like, I don't want to eat that. I, I've, I now love it. I crave it. I prefer it over more what I now consider more bland and boring fish. (laughs) Um, uni, which is like sea urchin. Like me and my husband both used to think it it was disgusting. Now we love it. We order it in piles. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, we're, we're still working on natto. Um, that's still tough for us, but we're, we're working on, you know, but it's like, we, to this day are, are expanding our palates and, it's actually fun because you feel like you're growing as a person. Okay. Yep. But yeah, no, you, that, but that you feels, yeah. Yeah. But you sort of have to like experience it a few times before you, you believe that it's possible. Okay. Yeah. So my advice to you is to, um, yeah, go to the store and just try something. Just grab, start with stuff you like, you know, start adding stuff you like. Just do that. Um, that's easy. And you can, you can do it raw. You know, if you're eating brown rice, chop up some raw carrots. That's fine. You know, maybe, maybe in the winter you'll get bored and, or cold and you'll want to heat it up a little bit. And then you can start experimenting with sauteing. But you don't have to move fast. And it's hard to mess up with real food. Okay. Especially with the amount you're working out. I, I, it would be very difficult for you to start gaining weight again. I was going to ask, actually, I forgot to ask you earlier. 
are you still losing weight? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just tapering off now. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll be, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't, uh, you know, the, the journey, it hasn't been, it hasn't, you know, been without interruptions. There've been a couple of, yeah, there've been a couple of, couple of times, yeah, especially around holiday season where, where, you know, I I relaxed on the, I relaxed on the the plan, but it was very easy for me to go back on. So it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been completely, you know, without interruption, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm starting to think about this now because I'm getting, I'm getting very close to getting close to my sort of initial sort of target weight. So, got it. and then I want to focus then, yeah, then I want to focus on and transition to what's going to be sustainable. And also, I guess, I mean, I'll be honest, the whole, the whole project has been, has been motivated by vanity. It's not, it's not that I wanted, I've never, it's not, my decision was not because I wanted to, to get fit or get healthy. It was because I was unhappy with the way I looked. Mm -hmm. So, and so my focus will now shift from losing weight as such to, to body composition and yeah, shaping the, shaping the appearance that I, that I want. I'm curious, have you, um, when you do your runs and you do your cycling, are you competitive like with other people or even with yourself and your own records? Oh, definitely competitive with myself. Not so much with other people, I guess, because (laughs) I'm a very late starter to this. And I'm, I think competing with other people at this point would be, uh, Probably not, probably pretty futile, but I definitely compete with myself and I've got all the tracking apps and I track every run and every ride and I agonize over the, okay, I can, I can, I can shave another 30 seconds off that or, you know, um, yep, definitely. Cool. You can definitely channel some of that energy and motivation into your food choices. I would suggest as you do these changes, as you start adding vegetables, adding fruits, adding real foods to to your daily regimen, um, pay attention to your performance and how you feel Uh and your energy levels. I know many, many people that that has been their primary driver for eating well is because at a certain point, you know, your body just doesn't want to go back to filling itself up with crap. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a friend of mine who, in fact, who put me onto your, um, put me onto your blog. And yeah, she's always about putting, she's always, the way she expresses it is, is that calories aren't calories. You have to put the right fuel in. So. Right. Um, it's really you, the nutrients. Yeah. The, the things that are actually going to be the, the right fuel for the, for what, what your body needs. So. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, when you start making those connections between what you eat and how you feel that, that is when the habits truly start to stick. You know, right. where, where you no longer, and this is, you know, this is why I, I get success stories on here. Most of them, when you talk to a true, like, foodist success story, like, you could just hear in their voice, they're like, I'm never going back to that. Like, I'm never going uh-huh. back to what I used to be. Like, it's not appealing anymore. Like, I can't believe I used to right. think that that was too hard to give up. Now I, I wouldn't, you couldn't pay me money to eat the, 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 those things I used to eat. And, and that, a lot, a lot of that comes from, changing the way you think about food and instead of focusing on how you look but focusing on how you feel and your performance it's 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 actually even more motivating than than appearance because you can feel it so so acutely in 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 every part of your body like in every cell of your body it just tells you what to do and and pushes you in a direction where it's no longer a chore to eat vegetables but it's what your body craves right that's when you win (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I guess one thing I'm learning today is that the so that I've been maybe I've been thinking of uh, the the appealing part of the that sort of that those that triangle that appeal is maybe not as fixed or as I've been imagining it might be, and that uh, maybe that's that's changeable. Nutritious is I guess a is is a fixed point. Appeal might be malleable. Uh, doable is probably also malleable. Uh, and look, I mean, to, to give you a sense of the scale of that problem, you know, when you're, when you're describing, uh, you know, even, even chopping up some carrots to put on the brown rice, yeah, that seems like way too much work. <laughs> like I'm, I'm being perfectly honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> an, an apple I can grab off the shelf and eat it. Sure. And a carrot, I kind of got to peel it and kind of chop it up and eh, who, who, who has time for that? So, uh, 
So yeah, that, that, there's certainly there's certainly something to work with mm-hmm. there, and and the con- and doable might yeah doable I can maybe become malleable to or become yeah. That's actually um, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. It, it's a different mindset, the, the mindset of cutting of a carrot is worth it. How long would it take you to cut a carrot? I'm curious. Um, so I'm conscious of the fact that it's not just cutting the carrot, but then now I've got a now I've got a cutting board and a and a and a knife or a you know and a vegetable peeler that now I've got to wash. Um, but you know, I don't know, a, a couple of minutes total, mm-hmm. all up. Um, FYI, I I scrub my carrots with a brush. I don't I don't peel them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little faster. Okay. Um, and I I think I could cut a carrot up completely in about. 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds. And then, you know, it's so, it's, um, it's not very dirty. So I just, you know, I can rinse them really quick and put them away. But a lot of that is because I have the habit of cooking. And so for uh-huh. me, it feels easy. Because right. when, when something is a habit, it feels easy. When something's new, it feels really hard. Because you have to think through all the steps like, what do I need to get a carrot? Well, I don't have a carrot in my house, so I'm going to have to go to the store and get a carrot. And then you're like, gosh, I don't I have no idea where my stupid vegetable peeler is. Mm-hmm. And then your knife's probably dull or you don't have a good knife because you don't cook. And so cutting the carrot is sort of this like uncomfortable, difficult process. And, and you have to like line up each thing because you're not, you know, swift and quick and and confident with your knife and it's a very different experience than it is like I can be like talking to my husband and not even looking because I know I can hold my hands in a way and not look and cut the carrot and have no fear of hurting myself Um, but that's all stuff that came with practice and habit building Um, right and so now for me I think going out to get food actually sounds like a lot of work because I have to put makeup on and I have to wash my hair and I have to find a reservation at a place I actually like. And I'm really picky because I only eat places that have real food. And it's just like, to me, I'm like, oh, I'll just cook. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that's, I guess that's a long way of explaining that yes, doable is also malleable. And, you know, I'll also link in the show notes. I have a, uh, an article I wrote once called the convenience illusion. Uh which is just about this exact thing. When you're in a habit, time goes fast. You know, I don't know if you can imagine like popping over to Facebook and just thinking you'll like check real quick and like before you know it, like it's been 15 or 20 minutes. You're like, where did that time go? Like you were just like scrolling through or just doing something habitual. Um, Whereas when you're doing something new, like chopping a carrot, it can feel like it's been like 10 minutes and you're like sweaty (laughs) and it's really only been like, too, um, but okay. it, but it feels harder, and that contrast in your mind's eye creates a, an appearance of an illusion of a huge difference in energy and a huge difference in time between the two actions. But it's not true. Huh. It's okay. just it's just uh, an illusion that is created in your mind by habit and and the way your brain perceives time. So uh, it's called the oddball effect in in psychology. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something that um, as you do more, the more comfortable you'll get. And then once you get up to a certain level, then, then the idea of adding one more thing, like putting it in the pan instead of in your salad bowl and actually cooking it, it's like it doesn't feel like such a big deal. Right. Okay. Yeah. But this is, this is, this is I, like, I trained myself to do this all from scratch. When I first started cooking, all I made was salad. Because <laughs> I was terrified of the stove because I thought I would burn myself. And, uh-huh. and yeah, and if I could avoid knives, I would. I would buy the, the pre-cut lettuce you know, or like the boxes of greens so I didn't have to like yep. do that. I would often buy pre-cut carrots or other things just to start because it just was so intimidating. And, and, and if you need to take shortcuts like that or, you know, maybe sign up for one of those services that they send you all the ingredients and you just kind of assemble them. And it's cooking dinner. You know, maybe something like that is a good place to start. Okay. Just just some anything that gets you more comfortable in the kitchen, touching your own food, preparing your own food, even if it's really small, uh, is is one step in the right direction. Right. Okay. All right. So I want to hear what you're gonna do. Okay. So what I'm gonna do is Look, I'm not going to start immediately. There, I still, there's still, there's still a couple of last kilos I'm going to peel off. But 
the plan is that that I will start to transition by changing out one of the kind of prepackaged, uh, prepared artificial uh, sort of uh, foods that I'm currently eating with with some real food. So uh, the the fruit cup is a, is an obvious the fruit cup in the morning is a, is an obvious place to start. Um, so I will start swapping that out uh, with fruit that I get from I actually have access I'm also lucky I have access to a to a farmer's market uh, twice a week so there you go I could yeah so I will I will stock up on some fruits that I already enjoy and I'll have a I'll have a piece of fruit for breakfast and maybe add some some real yogurt if I can uh, if I can find a, a good source for that and then long I guess that's the so that's the that's for me the starting point yeah, step one a simple simple substitution of a kind of a prepackaged alternative with with a real food and then and beyond that the sort of medium term plan is then to start experimenting with so there yeah for me the each of each of those segments on the plate i think is a is a different challenge but sure but the but the the plant the plant portion is probably a an easy place to start again because it doesn't it is just a the plant portion probably allows me to to explore and mold appeal without having to also worry too much about the doability. Most of the things on the plant side, uh, I can just eat with little to no preparation. Absolutely. Yep. Good point. And then the the, the protein the protein and starchy things are probably probably harder, but. But it's one step at a time, and it's fo- I think focus on uh, substitution first, and then focus focus on substitution first, and then on easy expansion. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I think that's I think that's given. Yes, yeah, so I think that's given me the the action plan. That's given me the that's answered the question of where do I start, which is I guess the question I I came to you with. So that's really great. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I love it, and and I think what you'll find is. As you as you try new things, you'll you'll it'll just start becoming obvious what's doable, what what should be the next thing you try. Um, you know, you'll you'll ru- you'll run into a little problem like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm this lunch isn't filling enough, so I, I definitely need more protein in there. And you're like, oh, you know, I'll add nuts. It's like protein mm-hmm. you don't have to cook. You know, you'll, and you'll you'll figure it out, and then one day you'll want warm food, and you'll learn how to scramble an egg or something. <laughs> so right, um, yeah. So I I love it. Good job. Thanks for listening to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.